Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Lesbians Who Write. This week we're talking about how much time we spend on each part of our business. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the well-rested, just back from holiday, staycationing, TB Markinson. Hello, TB. How are you today? It's funny. You just said I'm well-rested and everything, but I have to admit right now that I'm extremely uncomfortable at the moment. Right before we started recording, I dumped an entire glass of water in my glass, so I'm sitting in a wet spot. <laughs> <laughs> Powering through because I'm a professional, but i um, sitting in the wet spot, people. There are so many jokes and so many ways I could go from there, but I'm not going to because I'm a professional and this is a professional podcast. Isn't that right, TB? Well, you are a professional lesbian, so give one joke. That's right, yes. I wish you told me that before we came on air and then I could have made a wet spot joke. Damn you. Anyway. No, no, I wanted the glory, not you. (laughs) I'm in the wet spot. I know that you have had, we, we recorded the last one early so that you could take a staycation. So how has your week been? Um, it's been alright. As I mentioned the last time, I was supposed to be in Maine, and I was supposed to be sitting on a deck looking at a lake. This place was fantastic. I could just sit on the deck all day and stare at a lake. But no, instead, I stayed on my couch with ice cream, peanut butter, and chocolate for the curious listener. That's my new favorite now that I can no longer stomach the mint chocolate chip. Peanut butter and chocolate ice cream. For somebody with a nut allergy who doesn't like peanut butter anything, sounds pretty grim, but I'm glad that you enjoyed it. So if I accidentally give it to you, would that be murder? <laughs> it would, yes. <laughs> so if you're thinking of switching genres uh, and you need a bit of real life evidence, yes, give me some peanut butter and chocolate ice cream. I mean, why would you ruin ruin chocolate with peanut butter? That's my question. Well, it's not ruining, it's making it oh so much better. But anyways, yeah. so what I did is I watched a lot of history documentaries on the Gilded Age, which I have become quite fascinated with for some odd reason in this time in my life. So I watched a lot of history, I ate a lot of ice cream. Oh, I had a lot of fun because I, I took I took classes obviously because I was a history major. So I took American history classes, but only the, like, the more like general ones. But I was sitting on the couch blurting out names and dates like I was like on a game show trying to, like I was gunning for a million buckaroos or something like that. It was much, it was great fun for me. I doubt this vacation would suit many other people in the world, but but I had a fab time. <laughs> I think for me, if I had to sit on a couch with some ice cream, obviously it would be coconut and honeycomb ice cream, and um, my sort of history thing would probably be like pop music from the 80s, 90s and noughties. I'd be what? there. Boom, boom, boom with the answers. Was it? I don't know if they still do it. I don't know if the channel still exists. Was it VH1 or MTV that used to do like the top 100 pop hits on a weekend or something like that? I think they both used to, yeah. I remember I, I used to watch it. Me and my friend used to have beer, get a takeaway curry and watch the countdowns. My partner would love those shows. Like um, She's like you, a music fan. She was raised by a music teacher. So music is this inner blood. And I remember like recently, well, recently in for Historian, which was about six, seven years ago, like an entire weekend just watching the top 100 videos. It was quite fun though. There was like it was, and it was like it was walked down the memory lane. I was like, oh my god, I remember that. 
And then we would like talk about like the terrible outfits we wore or something like that. It was a lot of fun, actually. That's what I did. And now I'm slowly, slowly, slowly getting back to work. It's hard for me when I come back from time off to go back to work because I don't want to. I'm like just totally resistant. I'm like, can't I just go watch TV some more? This seems mean. What a cruel world. I am prepping the book I co-wrote with Miranda McLeod for launch. Uh, we should be getting the art copies out soon. And I am jumping back into that Christmas story I had started. It's, well, it's not just a Christmas story. It starts on Christmas. It has a very dramatic opening, and it starts on Christmas, but then it'll take place over you know several months. So I've been working on that, and I posted a blog post about um, how I wasn't sure how to tell you about good sex. <laughs> <laughs> Explain. <laughs> I don't know if I can. That's why I wrote the book. <laughs> you can just, t- just tell me, TV. Tell me. Um, it was when you had the, um, the dubious honor, I don't know if that's the right word, of writing the first sex scene, and I was too embarrassed to tell you it was good sex. Oh, so, um, right. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I wrote a blog post about... Um, about that experience on my end. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, I do recall this. Because, you know, whenever you're writing with somebody else and you have to write the first sex scene, it's very, very nerve-wracking. And uh, I gave it to TB and she just said, didn't say anything, I don't think, did you? And I, and nope, I said, nope. and, I, and I think I said, but, so what about the chapter? How do you, and you went, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, I think you did a good job. <laughs> okay, move on, move on. <laughs> And if people want to relive what I was going through on my side, they can read the uh, blog post. <laughs> but um, I was squirting. I kept trying. I was going to, like, text because, like, we used to communicate every day. Like, oh, you know, good chapter, blah, 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 blah. And then I came to that one. I was just like, good snow. <laughs> nice job. No. <laughs> and I just couldn't come up with the right words without sounding creepy. So I just chose deer in headlights. So if you haven't read One Golden Summer, go and read it now and see if you agree was it a good first sex scene? Um, I think also TB did also did a very good second sex scene. So um, you know you can you can well, weigh them up. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> hey TB, good this. sex. <laughs> I'm already in a wet spot. <laughs> <laughs> boom boom ching. Okay, so yeah, so that's what's going on in my life. I'm trying to get back to work. Struggling with it. What's been going on with you? Well, um, when I last saw you, or when I spoke to you and saw you. Uh, we were meant to be going away last weekend for my sister's 60th birthday. There was going to be about 12 people going to my sister's up north. And I have to say, as well as going, we were look- we booked a hotel. We were looking forward to going because we haven't been away for, you know, since lockdown in March. So it was going to be exciting to get on a train and go and stay in a hotel and see some of my fr- uh, family. Uh, that was all going fine and then on Thursday night it was due we were due to travel on Friday and on Thursday night um, my sister's area went into a local lockdown so we never got uh, we never went anywhere (laughs) yeah so that was disappointing disappointing for her because she's already had to scale down her massive party to like a gathering for 12 and then she couldn't have anybody it was all banned uh, no gatherings in homes or gardens so we couldn't go anywhere we had we had a weekend an unexpected weekend in town uh, in London so we we had a friend round on Friday night and then we actually went into Soho on Sunday because there's a lot of they've kind of opened Soho back up and there's sort of a lot of outdoor cafe and bar things going on because they've made the um, centre of London basically pedestrianised so that businesses can do some do some business so it was nice to go back it wasn't that busy I have to say which was good it was kind of like 
what I wish <laughs> for someone crowd allergic like me um it was it was kind of good you could get a seat everywhere you went get in everywhere you went and it wasn't too busy so and it was nice it was nice to support the restaurants so we had canceled plans but then we we did get out a little bit now did they close down like Oxford Street that wasn't closed down but there was it was very empty yeah I can't imagine many people are wanting to be on Oxford and Regent Street like they're fun maybe the first time when you're a tourist but after that it's just like the definition of hell I think you know the thing is London is still it's still pretty empty you know we were there on a Sunday it was it was really gorgeous weather the tubes were half full but London itself was less than that maybe a quarter full of what it normally is so everywhere was pretty empty so it's sad to see however it's good that you know some some signs of normality are coming back but I think everybody's being super cautious which is the good thing so we did get out um we at the moment as well the UK is doing a the government's sponsoring people to go and eat out so on Monday Tuesday Wednesday so I went out for lunch yesterday they're going to pay half your bill so so we're doing that and we're going wait, out- wait the governance the government is sponsoring eating out on Monday Tuesday Wednesday yeah is this only for lesbians yeah <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Positive discrimination. Now, for anyone, and you can go, you can go like any meal. So you could actually go. It's up to ten pound a person. So you could go out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and get the government to pay fifty percent of your bill. Why don't they just give the money to the people like who own the restaurants and everything? Because <laughs> I don't know. They're because <laughs> you know they're trying to get people back to going out again. I think after after locking down parts of the country they're trying to get other people to go out i don't get it it's very haphazard like well what it, the fuck? it is and also that they've got this thing where they're trying to promote healthy eating um and then in some parts of the country the only the restaurants that are doing the eat it's called eat out to help out and in some parts of the country that the only ones that are doing it are like mcdonald's pizza express kentucky fried chicken <laughs> so uh, we've got loads and loads of places around here so we're we're pretty lucky <laughs> Well, one other thing is I started exercising again this week. So I think I, I'd stopped for about a month or so, five, four or five weeks. But I realised that, you know, probably stopping is a sign that your mental health is going down a bit. So I decided that I would start again. So I can't tell you how much I'm aching today. It was really difficult to to get up and down off the toilet yesterday and, and, and the sofa and the garden chair. Um, my buttocks, my God. Um, so yeah, I did another hit this morning. So two this week, I'll do another one. Uh, but, it, but it's good. It's good to get out. But oh God, I'm out of shape. It doesn't take long to get out of shape. And no, but I'm glad you started with the toilet. Yeah, yeah. That was your first one for the buttocks. The toilet. <laughs> It's hard to get up off the loo when you've been doing like 90 squats, I tell you. And it's day two. It's always day two when it kicks in. Book-wise, I have just today finished, almost finished, draft two of London 7. Draft two is always the one that really kicks your ass because it's the one that needs the most work, I think, when you're going through and seeing what you did in the first draft and seeing how all the threads um, come together. So I've done, I've gone through everything I, I wrote. I started off with 63,000. I've ended up with 69,000 words and I've still got, I've got three more scenes to add in. So I should end up around 71, I reckon. And then I'll, and then I'll read it on my Kindle and go through and do a third round of edits. So that's next week, but I'm really pleased actually how it's sort of shaping up. And my wife says I've been le- the least moany about this one. Because normally I'm just like, oh, it's terrible. Oh, no, it's awful. She says I've been the least moany, so I'm not sure what that means. Good or bad, do you think? Is it because you just had your teeth out and you just don't care? Yeah. 
Could be. Who knows? <laughs> I'm still an eye preparing for that. God, it takes a while to get over having your t- wisdom teeth out. Um, so that's draft two of London Seven. So I'm really pleased that that's hoping to get draft three done next week. And two other things that have happened. Um, I have got a book bub, and by the time this comes out, I'll have a book bub going for the All I Want series, books one to three. They'll be on sale for 99p from uh, Sunday the 9th of August, and I think this comes out on the 10th, so they'll be on sale till Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and also, Kindle contacted me for Before You Say I Do. I don't know if you have this. Every time I go to take it out, the six-month term was due to end uh, for Kindle Unlimited on September the 4th. So I untick the box, and as soon as you untick the box, they send you enticements to tick it again. I don't know if you, 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 do you ever untick the box to take it out of KU? I don't um, usually untick the box, but I do get the emails close to the end of like whatever. At the end of the KU period? Yeah, the end of your three month term. And then then they're like, you know, if you leave it in or whatever, and then like they'll say, they'll they'll give you a, a perk in India or Australia or other markets and everything like that. Yeah, so at the moment, um, they said, hey, do you want to put, before you say I do, on for a, a, a deal? And it could be a daily deal. And daily deals are worth getting, but I've never got oh. one. Um, so, yes. But they say it could be a daily deal or a monthly deal. Anyway, before you say I do is currently on a monthly deal in the UK, India, and Australia. So for 99p and similar prices you know i was hoping for a daily deal it's a monthly deal but hey yeah i've got two books on for 99p at the moment so if anybody's uh wants a bargain go and grab one i think one time way back in the day i can't remember i think it was 2014 2000 no not 2014 2015 i had a book bub a freebie for one of my books amazon noticed it and they put it for their daily deal I, I i got a lot of downloads that day that was a fun day and i was out of town i, I can't remember where we were we were someplace in the uk mm. and so i just kept checking my numbers because it was just fun <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think if you get a daily deal they're still really worth getting if you get a monthly deal you do still get a bump but um it's not as it's not as exciting as the daily deal so but, you know, I've, I've never turned down a Kindle monthly deal. I'm always too scared, or a Kindle deal. I'm always too scared to do it. <laughs> I'm like, they might put a black mark against my name and I don't want to don't want to piss off the great beer moth that is Amazon. That, yeah, they don't really have, like, a second chance policy. No. So that's been my week, really. I've um, But, yeah, mainly this week I've just been um, doing 10,000 words a day of editing and it's been a slog. But um, by this time tomorrow, I should have finished draft two. What's 10,000 words of editing? What is, like, what's the page count on that? Do you have an idea? Mm, no, not really. I suppose an average one of my books is about 380 pages in, 300-ish pages in print and 380 on Kindle, so divide it by seven. You're, you're really good at maths. No, I can't. <laughs> no. no, you do it. You do it. Let's see. Before you say I do is, yeah, 280. <laughs> So, if, oh, that's easy. Sevens into 28, so 40 pages a day. Okay. Because when you said you were doing 10,000 words, at first I thought you meant drafting, and I was like, shit. No, no. But then you said editing, and I'm like, that's more doable. That's much more doable. Yeah. I always think when I'm doing the editing, especially edit two, which takes more time, I always think, oh, maybe I can get 15,000 words done, but honestly, 10 is a really good it's a good um, sort of steady pace to be going at. And it will keep you busy for like five, six hours. So, Yes, it does take time. I don't do it by the word count. I do it by the page count. 
and I usually do when I'm editing in that stage, I do about 30 pages a day. That seems to be my max. Everyone's, everyone's different. I get bored really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's our week. So what about comments? I've got one comment. What have you got? I have three comments. Do you want to go first with your year one? Sure. Um, it's not particularly about the podcast, but... Uh, Charlotte wrote in and said she just finished One Golden Summer and she says you and TB wrote a wonderful story she couldn't put it down and she's looked forward to reading all of um, our books especially in the world we find ourselves in spending time in great books like One Golden Summer is especially therapeutic so thank you Charlotte that's really nice yes thank you very much um, and on this end, we have a comment from Nyleth on Podbean. Uh, we always make Nyleth laugh, which is important during these times. So uh, thanks so much, Nyleth, for sticking with us during, during what, what are we going to start calling this year? I don't know. I don't know what to call this year anymore. Hell? Cluster, clusterfuck. <laughs> uh, we also got a comment from JJ to our uh, Lesbians Who Write email. Uh, JJ says, first of all, loves the podcast. And JJ lives on a horse farm with her wife and spent the summer binge listening to our entire podcast. So well done on that. But JJ has a particular question for us to answer. And the question comes from an episode where you mentioned the Carthart sweatshirt. And the question is, what are the thoughts on using brand names within a book? And are there legal things I should, uh, JJ should be worried about? I think that you can use, well, it really depends on what you want to do. Um, there are some things that are brand names, like things like sellotape, like random. Wait, what, what did you say? Sellotape. What the hell is sellotape? Like <laughs> scotch tape? All right, okay, scotch tape. We call it, <laughs> oh, it's the US-UK divide strikes again. We call it sellotape and that's a brand name. So you should actually put TM. And there's a, quite a few different examples of things like that. But um, to be honest, I never, ever put them in and I've yet to be sued for something like Carhartt yeah I don't see why you can't put brand names in depends what you if you really want to go ahead it's just it's the same with Kleenex if you're going to use Kleenex make sure you do the capital K and spell it exactly like the um the product does and everything but um when you're using certain things like that make it sure like you're not putting it in a bad light <laughs> like to avoid certain lawsuits. You're not going to get sued just for saying she wore a Carhartt sweatshirt. I don't think that they're going to care. They probably like the promotion. Yeah. But um, if you like say something very negative about it, then I think you would want to make up a company name. My theory when it comes to this is cover your own ass at all times. <laughs> so if it's really you know benign, if it's really that way, uh, it's not going to be a, a big deal. But use common sense, I guess. Yeah, And also, when you hire your editor, editors will look for things like that. It is part of their job. They do, which is why I know that there are quite a few different brands that have TMs. <laughs> I always ignore those. Oh, yeah, it'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have one final comment. Uh, Claudia from Germany uh, emailed our Lesbians Who Write email. And first of all, uh, Claudia, uh, this is an older comment. I'm sorry we didn't address it last week, but I was in vacation mode, so I was very lazy. So we're going to get to it this week. Um, Claudia was talking about what type of endings uh, do reader, does uh, Claudia like, and lo and behold, happy endings was a big one. <laughs> and that the ending should not be too open, of course. She, she feels sometimes like when an author leaves the ending too open, the author is not sure how the ending should be and is putting too much 
onto the reader to come up with the ending. So she prefers happy endings and semi-open endings, which I think is what we discussed on that episode. What was it, two, three episodes ago? Hmm, yeah. Yeah, so if there are romance authors who are listening, do pay attention to what readers say because uh, they're your customers. <laughs> so you should really you should really do some research. And, and obviously, if you are writing romance, I would strongly guide you towards the HEAs. Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you're, in fact, if you're writing romance, it has to be a HEA or HFN. Happy ever after or happy for now. If you're gonna have a bloody bitter ending, do not write a romance. It's not very romantic. I wasn't expecting bloody and bitter <laughs> with romance. <laughs> that, seemed, that took a nasty turn. I know. You know, you can't you can't make up a whole new genre of romance, the bloody and bitter genre. Um, although I'm sure it would sell to some oh, people. Can- yeah, can I just say that also if you're writing a book and you say you can't really define it by a genre, that's going to be a, a tough sell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to this week's big question, which is how much time do you spend on each part of your business? TB, um, how did you uh, come at this one? Not very well. <laughs> do you know what's involved with this question? Uh, I'm guessing it's maths, isn't it? Yes. And as, and as we all know, that is your favorite subject. Oh, yeah, I excel at it. Totally <laughs> excel. You know, the funny thing is, at one point in my life, sometime in junior high, they, they, they advanced me a grade in math. Can you believe this? Uh, I can't, no. They actually advanced me a grade. I know. They actually advanced me a grade in math. They advanced me from, I think, pre-algebra to algebra. And ever since then, I've been fucked. Because you know what you learn in pre-algebra? All the rules with math. <laughs> So I didn't have any rules. I must have really been on a roll when I kept guessing C on that standardized test, and they thought I was brilliant. <laughs> I showed them. <laughs> Anyways, how did I come at this question? Or do you want to tackle this first? <laughs> Why are you always putting me on the spot when it comes to math? <laughs> <laughs> I can tackle it first if you like. And I did come at it in a slightly different way. So, um, you know, no, no, no surprise there. But I will say that the maths did... Uh, stumped me a little bit because I kept having to try and add up. I came at it in percentages. It's kind of like, this is what I think percentage-wise I spend my time doing. So because, for instance, this week, if you just said, what have you been mostly doing? It would have been 80% editing, but that's not every week. I, I just did it as an overall percentage if you, if, you cut, if you cut my year into percentages. I'm going to stop saying the word percentage now because I just can't stop saying it. I'm percentage crazy. <laughs> right, so here's what I and think. every time my brain just like stutters <laughs> to a halt. Percentage? <laughs> How do you even do that? <laughs> so here's what I think uh, is my percentage tally. I think that I spend 20% of my time first draft writing. And I think I th- spend... Thir- oh, you went that route. Yeah. And I think I spend 30% of my time editing. So I think 50% of my time is spent writing and editing. That is that is how I came down on it. Then the next uh, biggest percentage is content marketing. I reckon I spend about 20% of my time content marketing. So what is content marketing? It's these podcasts and my other podcasts. So it's scheduling, editing, uh, booking guests, prepping and promoting. It's my newsletter, which I do every two weeks, which is connects with readers. It's my monthly blog posts and it's my website management. And your website constantly needs to be updated, refreshed, all the all the little bits and bobs on it, 
changed up just so that if someone's coming back two years later, it's not exactly the same website they see. <laughs> I'll try and change my website every month, especially the front page, and I update all the all the books and all that sort of thing. So that is really important, actually. You know, you, you might be quite surprised that 50% of my time is spent writing and editing. You're like, but you're a writer. Yes, but it is only half the job because I'm running a writing business. So 20% content marketing. Then the next two chunks, I've got 10% is book production and management. Now this is quite a broad, I want to say church, but it's not a church. There's no, nobody's singing, nobody's clapping. No one's singing or clapping at all, are they? Because you're not allowed to sing and clap at the moment. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, did you see a, a, a broad church? Yeah, <laughs> I did, but it was the wrong what thing to do. Mean? Oh, broad, hey, look, is this another thing? A broad church just means, you know, it's quite it's all encompassing it's a big it's a big umbrella term wasn't there a tv show called broad church or something i think there was actually yeah so yeah there was big british crime Dude, I missed drama. The whole point of that show. yeah yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> anyway so 10 percent. we've got writing editing 15 content marketing 20 book production and management 10 percent. now what is that that is Liaison of cover designers, narrators for audiobooks, editors, co-writers, reviewers, bloggers, art team, launch prep, quite a lot. Then print and audio, typesetting my print and uploading to Ingram Spark and Amazon and getting my audio proofed and ready to go to Audible, find a way, and my print to bookshops. And then ebook, that is formatting and uploading across all the platforms, which is Kindle, Apple, Google, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Bella, Ilva, draft digital and my own PayHit web store. Plus, managing back and front matter and getting new covers and pricing and all that. So there's quite a lot in that one. As I said, it's a broad church, but it's quite a lot of bitty stuff and it's all it all needs to be done, really. 10% is on other admin and reader interaction. So I've got this as like doing accounts, contracts, affiliate links, marketing, sales graphic, direct sales, managing my schedule and, and replying to readers. And then 5% social media, which is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, including graphics and responses. And then advertising 5%, which is AMS, Amazon advertising, Facebook, BookBub, direct sales, including graphics and managing sales across all platforms. If anything, maybe my advertising is slightly less, but I I wasn't going to go into anything but multiples of five in my percentage. <laughs> I was like, hmm, maybe that's 4.7, but no, uh, I wasn't going to do that. So that all adds up to 100%. And do you know what? Doing this exercise made me think, fucking hell, there's a lot to do, isn't there? Um, it really did. And I was juggling all the percentages around and trying to make them add up. But I think that that is probably the purest overview of what we do. Um, so 70% of it is writing, editing and content marketing, which is again, a lot of writing and editing. So you're gonna spend 70% of your time doing that. Well, I came at this at, at, at a different angle because um, I wasn't gonna fucking try the percentage route. So what I did was I, I, I just thought about what my work week looks like. Um, these days I'm pretty much working every day because what else am I going to do? I tend to write every single day except for Sunday. I don't write on Sundays. And Monday through is, Friday is the bulk of my writing days. Is that because it's the yeah. Lord's Day? <laughs> it's the Broadchurch Day. <laughs> do you watch Broadchurch on a Sunday rather than writing? Isn't it like a horror show? No, I think it was one of those. I can't remember. 
it, it was like a thriller, I think. I didn't watch it because I don't watch those sort of shows, but I think it was like a thriller, like a three or four part thriller set by the British seaside. I never watched it. I remember seeing commercials and it looked a little scary for me. So I don't I don't really handle scary very well. Um, but anyway, so like my workday, I decided, I mean, I didn't decide. I kind of watched it for a bit. And what I end up doing is I usually start my writing day around 8.30 and I quit around 1 p.m. for lunch. So that's half my day just doing writing or if I'm in the editing stage. So even though it came at it differently, I said 50% writing. <laughs> and editing, right? So yeah. Since that's half. Yeah. Yep, me too. Isn't that 50%? It is. Well done. <laughs> we are a match. I feel like we're on we should be on a game show and if you <laughs> and if we get a match, we should get a buzzer should go off and we get a prize. What prize do you think we should get? Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's pleasing to me. And I think we should both get a holiday to Hawaii. Hooray! Oh, the numbers are bad in Hawaii right now. I'm okay, let's not go to Hawaii. <laughs> All right, how about we get a pina colada delivered to our door and pretend we're in Hawaii? I could do a pina colada. That's, yeah, yeah. I could get, like, my little beach chair out and sit in my front room and put, like, some kind of beach screen on my TV and pretend. (laughs) (laughs) And you can play play the pina colada song. All right, let's let's see if we can get some more cocktails from different parts of the world. All right, so now... Not everyone is going to do as much marketing as I do, because not only do I do this podcast, which you do, so we do get another ding, ding, ding on the podcast, but I also run a website called iHeartLesVic, and that does take up a decent amount of time each week, because every Tuesday I release the new release newsletter, which not only helps me when I have a new release, but it helps lesbic authors when they have a new release, so... That's what I do on Sunday. <laughs> That's what I do on Sunday. Uh-huh. I am doing IHL and this podcast. Right. So um, Sunday are my uh, what, what? What should we call that? Should we come up with a fancy term? Because admin sounds rather boring. Well, the, the podcast, um, you know, that's content marketing. And you no, know, but is there something sexier than content marketing? Can I like? How can I fool my brain into thinking <laughs> I'm having fun? <laughs> Listeners, if you can come up with a clever way to spin my Sunday so it sounds more entertaining, please let us know in the comments. So, um, but after Monday through Friday, after I'm doing my writing, um, I'll have lunch and then I'll switch over to switching up to um, the marketing and the admin. That usually, I, I factor, takes two to three hours. Usually two, unless there's something happening or unless... Like this week, I sent out a a mailer to my subscribers, so there's more emails for me to answer this week. So that's going to be an extra hour. And then I round out my day by spending 45 minutes to an hour um, listening to an audiobook. I'm doing research for a book that I'm going to start writing later on in the year. And this particular book will take a lot of research. So an hour a day for research? I don't know what percentage that is. What's that? One-eighth of my day? Mm -hmm. If we're basing it on an eight-hour day. So what's the percentage? 12.5, so let's say 10. (laughs) We'll go 10. You're impressed with my maths there, aren't you? Instant maths. I think you cheated. (laughs) I think somehow you actually stopped time, punched it into a calculator, (laughs) and then told me. So yeah, so basically that's my week. But then I should caution listeners, that's my normal week. If I am in a launch mode, or if I have a tight editing deadline, or anything that, or like the mega sale for um, iHeartLesFic, everything gets fucking tossed out the window as fast as possible. 
and I just sit my ass in a chair and get it done. And then that's the days where I pull 12 to 15 hour days. And then I'm terrible to be around. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I'm not agreeing. Yes, you're terrible to be around. <laughs> yes. Oh, I can't be. Yeah. <laughs> She's not lying, listeners. She really not. Uh, yeah. No, as I said, um, this is not this is not a breakdown of every day. This is just like, you know, the, the average uh, over the year. But yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of broadly saying the same thing, aren't we? I think we can have a cocktail from a different part of the world. Maybe um, we can have a white have rust. Same percentage. You knew that was going to fuck me up. You did it on purpose. <laughs> Uh, because you know you're saying that you're doing um, two three hours of admin, um, and that is you know can be you know I, I just broke my admin up into different buckets, but you know it is all admin. I was trying to make it sexy, you see, book production and management, content marketing, admin and reader interaction. Yeah, it's... well, I constantly whisper, let's do book production. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing today? <laughs> I think we're getting a little crazy in the heat here. Maybe our next cocktail can be a white Russian, hey? Yeah? Ooh, those are dangerous you for me. I'm just going to have to let you know. You're going to have to carry me home. <laughs> I was just thinking, you see, because it's a bit milky and the pina colada's a bit milky, so we should stick, you know, they say you should always stick with the same drink. It, milk. Yes, yeah, so at least we're getting our one a day of calcium. I did get an email from a reader um, when I emailed them about saying about my tooth pain after my wisdom tea came out. And uh, one of them wrote back and said, um, you should have a milkshake and put and stick a shot of your favourite liquor in there. And I was like, oh, now that, <laughs> that's the sort of thing I can get behind. I must admit, I did have a couple of whiskies uh, when the pain was very bad. And it did help. Because I remember my mum putting a whiskey, like dabbing her finger in whiskey and putting it on my gum when I was like four or five when I had tooth pain. You have tooth pain when you're four or five? Mm. That's terrible. Mm. I've got very crumbly teeth. Was it the whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> Could have been the whiskey. I don't know. <laughs> I don't suggest this. I don't think it's acceptable these days. Too, but um, back in the day when we grew up in the seventies, like it was just like oh, whatever. Yeah, no, give... There were no rules to keep us alive. No, no. Just so... give, give the kids whiskey. That's what <laughs> that's what the seventies mottos were. <laughs> I think over here it was brandy. They would rub brandy on our gums when we were teething. But um, fortunately for me, I, I oh that's another thing I did over my vacation. Um, I didn't know I had a dentist appointment until I got the alert saying you have a dentist appointment. And I was like, oh shit, I have to go to the dentist. I should shower. But, but um, that's the only thing on my body that is not falling apart. Every other part of me is just a fucking disaster. But my dentist, um, the teeth, they're good. I've never, except for when I had braces and when they would do the tightening, that's when I would have tooth pain. But I don't mm. think it's the same. Well, well done. No, well, let's celebrate. You had a good... Good dental appointment so there you go i hope that answered your question i know um that was a reader question and um actually it was interesting to break it down and uh, it just made me think there's a lot of shit to do isn't there so um yeah if you're thinking of doing this it's not all just about writing the books it's about marketing the books as well and getting yeah. them ready to go there are a lot of details that need uh attending to especially if you go the indie route like claire and i have it also is something that allows you a lot of flexibility because Oh, well, A, I was just able to take a vacation. Um, I think I actually moved it a week ahead because I think I was supposed to go out of town next week, but I finished my deadline early. So it allows you that kind of flexibility, and we've had some stuff going on here. So um, some days I wasn't starting work until afternoon because we had to deal with some family things, but um, it does allow you a lot of flexibility. So 
but there are a lot of there's a lot of lot of boxes that need ticking every single day. <laughs> Every My to-do single, list. Yeah, every single day. It never stops. Leave us a comment. We'd love a comment on the website. Tweet us, email us, Facebook us, Instagram me. And join us next week when we'll be asking the question, are you going to stick to writing this genre? Are you asking me that now? Because my brain is totally frozen. No, sure. no. So join us then uh, when we will be answering that question. Won't we, TB? I will do my best. What was the question again? <laughs> what, next genre? What, another genre? Sorry, I was already ticking off LLW recording for my to-do list. I was distracted. TV's already left the building. I'm going to leave the building. In the meantime, stay safe. Have a great week. Keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.